morning is taken from Matthew chapter 21 and the first 17 verses. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he'll send them right away. This took place to fulfil what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw some of the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David! They were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise? And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, where he spent the night. This is our God. Hello again. <laughs> now this is working. <laughs> well, it's Palm Sunday. And usually it's a big event back home. I was sharing a little bit um, with them, with Tim and the group while we were praying. said... Um, of course, in our Baptist churches, people, it's, um, it's celebrating this event today, but it's one of the days that most of the Christians, I mean, normally Christian, if it's the only Sunday, probably would go to, to church. Uh, Christmas is not time they go to church. Maybe Good Friday, but for sure, Palm Sunday, you'll find all Christians at, at the church celebrating with their children. And there is a big a walk, actually, a procession in Jerusalem taking place today. They will go down from those who has been, have been in Jerusalem. They will go down from Mount Olive, enter to the, to the city of Jerusalem. Anyway, this... Okay. This event... It's a confusing event for me. It's very easy to understand it, yet it is very complex too. From 
It is easy because we as Christians look, look at Palm Sunday from the other side of the next week, from the resurrection side. We understood this event as a triumphal event of Jesus' resurrection. We understand this event as probably a scatological event, something that will happen in the end time when Jesus will return as a king. Yet it is a complex, a complex, a little bit difficult to understand how Jesus thought about this week, how his disciples, how his disciples thought about this week. They did not know what is happening. They, their minds were not compatible to Jesus' mind. It's a difference between what they, what they saw coming and what Jesus saw coming that, that week. And later in that week, actually, Jesus sat probably in, in that place, looking at Mount of Olive, we can, where we see the crowds are gathering. And he is overlooking Jerusalem. And he's weeping. And actually he, he speaks hard things about this city. He says that this is the city that it kills its prophets. You know, the Jerusalem people are worse than the Nazarene people. We intended only to kill Jesus, but they did. This is a city where they stone those who God is send, sending them to, to her. So Jesus is knowing what is coming. He knows what is coming. For him, this entrance was the beginning of, well, a real week or the week was in this week it probably it's all his message all the this is why he was sent for Jesus going into Jerusalem he's not seeing only the crowds that shouting that were shouting Hosanna trying to treat him as a king his eyes were fixed on the cross. I mean, for Jesus going into Jerusalem, that meant that he will be pierced for our transgressions, transgressions and he will be cursed for our iniquities, crushed for our iniquities. He'll be treated as a criminal on a cross. That's not an easy and happy 
week for him. It's a difficult week. It's a, it's a week where this one, he knew no sin. He will be made the sin for us. All this Thoughts were in Jesus' mind as he's entering and riding, riding the donkey going into Jerusalem. Crowning him by the crowd has a different meaning for Christ than the meaning that the crowd had in mind. This week meant that Jesus is showing his full obedience as he did all through his life. For God the Father. And he's showing us the perfect love. As we're celebrating Palm Sunday today. Let's look at it also from the way Jesus looked at it. His sacrifice. Sacrificial life for others. This is the moment that he came to fulfill, to fulfill. This is the time, this is the hour that Jesus told his mother at the wedding in Cana, my hour did not come yet, and this is the hour is coming. He's entering Jerusalem. It's the beginning of the victorious resurrection. It has to go through the cross first. However, these things were not in the mind of the the disciples. They had something else in their mind. They they served him three years. They've seen his incredible power. They've seen his authority over death, over the, net, over the wind, over the sea, over sickness and illness, over demons. He is the Messiah. And the Messiah for a Jew, he's the one that is going to, to save them from the Romans. Do you remember the, the story of the Emmaus, Emmaus disciples? They were after the, the, the Friday events and the Sunday, and they were going back to their village, and they were engaged so much with their depression and their talks, and then someone, apparently Jesus, comes to them and walks with them, and he asks them, what, what, what are you discussing? And they looked at him and he said, oh, it looks like you are the only one in all Israel that doesn't know what happened. Ironically, he's the only one that he knew what happened, what exactly happened. And they tell him that we thought that he's going to save Israel. But our hopes disappeared with his crucifixion. And even now it's more confusing because some people are saying that he's not in the tomb. They were thinking about a messiah that politically will come and save them. And this is what the the disciples had in their minds. This is the countdown to crown Jesus. 
Let's prepare the stage. Here's the donkey. Here are the crowds. It's the time where we can now sit, one at the left hand of Jesus and one on his right hand. It's a time we're, we're going to, to be, to rule with him. And for them, this event was what we call the Kairos moment, the right moment to do it. Let's the king enter his city. And, they, and actually the crowds, as we see them, they, they have a great cooperation with the disciples. You know, the, the, the Jews were they, were, they were brought back from exile many years before, before the Palm Sunday. But in fact, they were never free in their, own, in their homeland. They were from, went from occupation to another occupation to another occupation, and the Romans were the worst. And was the the right moment. The king is entering his city. The king is coming. You know that the, the, the Jewish people even have different views of how they can liberate themselves. They have their liberation theology. What do we call in theology? One group of them, they said, and we call them the zealous, we only can get our freedom by fighting. Whatever took by force will not, will not get rid of it except by force. We, let's fight the Romans. And the Pharisees says, no, no, no. This is not our business. We will get our freedom by keeping the law. Let's keep the law. And we'll, we'll be, God will bring the Messiah who will will free us. And probably the Pharisees has the most, I mean, the biggest responses from the people. And these people saw this Messiah coming. There are others also, other groups, what we call the Essenes, like from John the Baptist, were actually isolated themselves and the priests. But these groups who believe that the Messiah is coming and... And the crowd now is ready. Hosanna. Hosanna for the son of David. Save us. Save us. I wonder how, how many of us this morning are longing for salvation. How many of us this morning are really need to be saved from pain, from hurt, from sin. Can we lift our voice and shout to the king, save us? The problem with the crowd and and the disciples that they thought that the salvation comes by their plans. They, did, they, they actually had a plan for God, what he, has, what he should do to save. 
For them, these shouts were shouts of for glory without the cross. And their plans actually were trying to hinder Jesus' plans. It is what we remember the, 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 the conversation between Jesus and Peter. He's telling him, you, you will not go to the cross. And Jesus is telling him, get away from me, Satan. You know, it's like our thoughts sometimes, when we want to tell God how he should save us, and not allowing him to work with his freedom, with his wisdom, with his way in our lives, we will be hindering, hindering his his way of salvation. So Palm Sunday is trying, not only shouting to God to save us, and we need salvation, God's salvation, not only from the internal sin, but we need to complete our salvation every day. We need his strength, his power, his wisdom, his guidance to save us from this evil world that we're living in, give, guide us in this life, and we should submit our wills and thoughts to God. Not to our way, telling God what he should do with our lives. We should come with a humble heart to God this morning. Well, as we're shouting, save us. As we're crowning him as a savior, we should allow him to act as a king. Not to tell him what is the duty of the king is. God's ways different than ours. The people shouted, Hosanna, save us, expecting actually salvation from the Romans. Yet God had another salvation in his mind. Okay, I'm jumping here. have another salvation in his mind. Salvation not only for the Jews from the Romans, but salvation for the whole humanity. From the biggest sin ever for us, from our sin. Here is the Messiah entering his city. Here is the Messiah is entering his church, actually. Are we willing to bless him and allowing, are we willing to give him the space to save in his way or not? It's interestingly, you know, when we, when we look at a, and I'm sorry for that, I'm trying to, jumping It's interesting to, to look how Jesus behaved. Actually, when he, he, I mean, the procession was over and Jesus got to the temple. And the people were expecting that he will free them from the Romans. But Jesus did not fight with the Romans, actually. 
Jesus fought with the priests. They expected him to enter as a king. But he did not act as a king. He acted as a priest. He started to clean the house of the Lord. And I think we cannot separate these two things from each other, actually, in our lives. If we want Jesus to be a king in our lives, we also should give him the space to clean our hearts, to point at sins in our lives, to point at some wrong ways that we are not following him rightly. We should allow him to be both. Jesus entered his house, house of his father, and started cleaning that place. Jesus entered his temple, the place where he dwells, where, the, where God dwelt among his people. And cleanse that place. It's a time when we're celebrating Palm Sunday to allow God through our to come to our lives as we are His temple, the temple of the Holy Spirit, to allow Him to touch what is not right in us. Yes, we want to celebrate Palm Sunday. Celebrating Palm Sundays, crowning Jesus on our hearts and our lives, and giving him the right to act in his way. Well, before the cross, there is a beautiful scene taking place at the end of this story. Although, I mean, the, the shouts of the crowds were beautiful, but I think these shouts did not move Jesus very much. But what moved Jesus, actually, the last part of the story we've seen, Jesus went into the temple, and after cleansing the temple, people came to him, sick people came to him, and there was a time for healing, and time for joy. The children started to shout, and time for praise. And the priests at the temple told Jesus, ask him to, to stop, to be quiet. But Jesus saw this as a declaration of a future victory that coming to the hearts of the people's lives. Victory of Jesus coming in to the temple, coming into our hearts and healing the hearts and filling us with joy and making our lives, lives that give praise for his salvation, for his entry to our lives. Yes, we want to celebrate Palm Sunday. We want to celebrate Palm Sunday with welcoming Jesus to heal us to fill us with joy, and to turn our lives to a life instrument that prays him, 
and glorify him in our context, in our homes, in our work, in our church, that we might be an example and a witness for God's salvation for others who need him in, our, in, this, in this age, in this dark age, as I will, I will say. God is calling us to give him the space so we might be light, so we might be salt in this, in this age that we're living in. It's a wonderful time to think about crowning Christ, allowing him to be the king in our life. It's a wonderful time to renew our commitment to him and give him the space to clean the unclean things in our lives. It's a wonderful time to allow him to fill us with joy and healing and praise. May God help us to do that in order to be an instrument for his glory. Amen. So as we come to the end of our time together this morning, let's stand and sing. Hail to the Lord's anointed. It's number 150. Let's stand.